especially in years like 2020, I'm reminded of the importance of optimism and positivity. Though, when it comes to our day-to-day, a lot of the stuff we see or listen to that helps us stay positive ends up being a little on the fluffy end. Look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Instagram accounts full of cats doing funny things or spicy memes. I just can't help but feel that sometimes we deserve optimism that's a little meatier, that's a little more substantial. Real reasons why we might still have something going for us and a reason to keep trying. So we're launching this podcast. It's a service of Qual. We're innovation strategists. We help firms navigate how they use artificial intelligence, behavioral sciences, and emerging technology in sustainable and productive ways that further quality of life and the sustainable development goals. We're launching this podcast because we believe that people deserve good news beyond just what they see scrolling their feeds. There are real stories out there about people who are working really hard to push the envelope in terms of the big priorities we still have. That's a cause for optimism for us every day, and we hope it is for you too. Thanks for listening. Hello, intelligent and shockingly attractive podcast listener. I'm Ramsey Brown. And I'm Alex Brown. And this is good news that you deserve. Each week we go over some recent innovation happening in edge tech, planning, artificial intelligence, and behavioral sciences that promotes the greater good as we generally define it, referencing back to sustainable development. So Alex, what sustainable development goals are we talking about this week? We have climate action, sustainable cities and communities, and good health and well-being on the block for today. Awesome. And what's been going on that's pushing those forward? Singapore's Housing and Development Board announced a new 10-year plan on how to best design or redesign communities to promote uh, inclusivity, accessibility, greenery, fitness, and well-being. Now, each one of those ladders back up, obviously, to the development goals, uh, thinking about how buildings may be more accessible and reducing inequality, how they are cutting their emissions, how they are better fostering local ecology and taking care of the land, and how they're taking care of the people that are inside them. And I know that this is a really common goal of contemporary urban design and architecture. What's different about this particular development? Why are we talking about it? So there hasn't hasn't really been any plan as radical as this to attempt to solve all of these problems at once before. Typically, all of the past designs have been centered around high-rise communities with parks just plunked right in the center. And the, the designers, you know, clap their hands and walk away and say, my work is done. This is it. This is the pinnacle of human health and happiness. And those <laughs> this is projects- it. Stop the presses. We're yeah. done. We're done. We've, yeah. we've, we've figured out urban living and wellness. Ship it. Right. And so this problem has been solved, quote unquote, uh, multiple times over, always in the exact same manner to catastrophic results. These communities do not promote any form of uh, mental health or well-being at all. In fact, they are greatly detrimental to uh, mental health and well-being. But what Singapore is doing here uh, is they are completely radically redesigning how these communities are made. They're not these high-rise hellscapes. They're not these 
bleak, stark-looking communities that make you want to kill yourself when you look at them. They have green spaces all over the roofs. They have walkways between buildings. They have looping paths for jogging between all the areas. They have uh, accessibility, signage, uh, and an emphasis on uh, physical exercise built into the physical design of these communities. So and I know this is the thing that we take pretty seriously here at Qual is this idea of working backwards. It sounds like what they've done is starting with these end goals of quality of life and well-being that they had in mind, they've held those as end objectives and constraints for the success of the project. And then from there, built out their processes going forward. So what we end up with, at least in the planning phases here, are systemic ways to improve inclusivity, to improve sustainability, to improve ecological impact and the space's physical and psychological impact on its occupants. For sure. Singapore for years has been considered one of the the top five future forward uh, countries alongside Estonia and Israel. So if anyone can nail it, it's them. They have countless projects and nationwide efforts to leap into the future under their belt that they've absolutely smashed through and completed successfully. Right, they've they've got a good track record for this. Uh, When I think back to the structure of the problem though, this idea that urban design and urban planning can be used as a tool for human flourishing isn't anywhere close to new. Uh, I'm often reminded of uh, Le Cabossier's 1922 plan for dynamiting uh, swaths of Paris and replacing them with what was at the time what would become the prototypical layout for the ultra density high rise urban space punctuated by parks that themselves were not even properly at the human scale. He proposed these 18 cruciform shaped 60 story towers plopped down in Paris, uh, which you know, thank God actually never got built. But it's this really long tradition of urban planners and architects looking at the end objectives and the, that we should want out of our space and how it relates to our well-being and looking at the current problems they see in cities, but then having this mismatch. And it often is around scale and it often is around livability. Uh, you know, the, the famous example in America was the pruitt Igo complex that ended up being, um, you know, much closer to a, a dystopian disaster than a a really flourishing place to live but this problem isn't new and it often plagues new projects like this so i'm going to be very excited to see how this progresses because should they be able to nail this they are going to be able to take a whack at some of the core assumptions that are we're going to have to use moving forward about how we think about planning sustainably for cities responsible production and consumption how we move against climate action how we reduce inequality how we promote well-being For sure. And like I said before, if anyone can do it, Singapore can. They have the money, they have the expertise, they have everything they need to be able to pivot hard and fast and to recover if it fails. And if it doesn't fail, if it works as well as they claim, then their uh, new plan may serve as a blueprint for the rest of the world. And that's really exciting because if they have the means and the control to take a risk like this and run an experiment like this, regardless of the outcome, it's going to teach the rest of us a lot about how to push the envelope here at the intersection of urban planning and quality of life.
studio direction and hosting is performed by me, Ramsey Brown. Research and trend analysis is conducted by Alex Brown. Good News You Deserve is produced by Qual, an innovation advisory firm. Sustainable development begs for the thoughtful deployment of emerging solutions, especially around automation and human behavior. Thoughtfully applying neuroscience, artificial intelligence, and emerging technologies holds the potential to improve human flourishing at an unprecedented scale. To find out how we can help you navigate your sustainable future, visit us at qual.ai.